Hi, welcome to the I Am a Kingdom Influencer radio broadcast. I am your host, Elder Corlette James, and I am so happy to be able to connect with you in the airwaves on today. Now sit back, buckle up, and let's meet today's influencers. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the I Am a Kingdom Influencer radio podcast broadcast. I am your host, Coilette James, and as always, we have an exciting guest for you um, to deal with influence. And my guest tonight is is kind of a rarity in the C-suite space. And without a doubt, what she does is definitely very influential. So help me welcome Miss Jenna Poneman. How are you, Jenna? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am excellent. I am excellent. So in this busy corporate world that we live in, um, I think that what you do is phenomenal because one of the things that absolutely suffers because most of the CEOs I know or corporate people that I know are workaholics. And so <laughs> that means that social life a lot of times gets put on hold. And you are the kind of love doctor in this sphere. So tell our, our audience exactly what service you provide. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, I am a dating and relationship coach exclusively to executives in the C-suite. So in English, we essentially work together to really see why we just keep using that same excuse of I've got another urgent matter to avoid dating or why we seem to think that men are too intimidated by our success to really create something that is sustainable and fulfilling. We really work together hand in hand to reframe the mindset and create tangible action steps to ultimately create that love life that you want and you deserve. Wow. Um, okay, so I know you, you made reference to um, kind of men being a little intimidated by us. Are your services primarily to women or do you service both men and women? I do have male clients, but my main objective is to work with women. Okay. Now, okay, so I'm married, so I don't have that issue, <laughs> but I do know that, you know, um, being out in the corporate world, sometimes it really is difficult for a female um, to, I guess, I don't know, come across in the proper manner. Um, either they think that we're too controlling or we're too forward, um, we're too direct. So how do you combat the different issues that women have when it comes to dating in the corporate world? Yeah, great question. So it absolutely is a thing and a concern that women have of how can I be something that I'm not essentially to attract someone? Because there's the catch-22 of you want to be able to really be proud of who you are, of all the success that you've had, but you also want to find a partner. And we do find that um, a lot of sociological patterns for men are they might say they want someone who is strong and independent, mm -hmm. et cetera, but then when they actually do come into contact with somebody that fits the bill, they tend to veer the other direction and we don't quite know why or we have an idea of why but we're not you know we're not entirely sure if it's the concrete answer right because not every man is exactly the same right. we sort of in our minds we tend to clump them together mm -hmm. and so 
that's kind of the first piece of the puzzle. It's really understanding that the stories we've created in our mindset are because this happens with maybe a few men in, in my dating life, therefore all men I'm ever going to encounter from this moment forward are going to behave the same way and it's all appointed to my success or to my strength um, or to you know the ability to, of using my voice. So coming in with that inclination, it, it sort of taints any sort of potential date you meet moving forward. We've kind of set that precursor. By being able to shift the mindset through that awareness, being able to kind of change it of, okay, what is a way that I can enter the dating world that's really going to support me as I am mm -hmm. and creates an open space to welcome someone who's going to really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. We figure out what that is person to person because it can change depending on who the person is, of course. And once we find that, you'll see how the demeanor really shifts in that woman to where she goes out and really does attract someone who really can appreciate her for having that strong voice, for maybe even being a little controlling. Some men like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a matter of once we can reframe that mindset, we can then shift gears to see where am I finding these people? How am I finding them? So I know for myself, because I am a very, very strong, independent woman um, and would really refuse to dumb down for anyone. So how do you come, you know what I'm saying? How do you find that balance? Um, because obviously you don't want to scare the opposite sex off. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, especially if you're in that place in your life where you really do seek companionship. I mean, success is phenomenal, but it's much better when it's shared with someone. So how do you overcome that feeling that, you know, you go on a date and you have to dumb down? Or I know some women encounter that, you know, men try to be um, modern <laughs> and, and, you know, and so they want you to take the lead. Well, I know for myself, I'm leading all day long. I don't want to take the lead at night. I don't want to take the lead on a date. I want to be able to relax, um, just kind of exhale and allow that male counterpart to step up to the plate and take care of me for a moment. So how do you get that balance going? Yes. So I think, again, this all starts with precursors or stories that we've built up in our minds of how things should and should not be in the world of dating and relationships. So for a woman who's spent all her hours in a day making decisions, taking control, doing all that, of course she's gonna wanna take a break from that in other areas of her life because really there's sort of a misbalance in, in that where you're spending so much of um, you know, what some people might call your masculine energy or kind of your more domineering side is, is taken in that space. So you wanna find someone to offset that, completely understandable. That's one end. The other angle is that men are also seeing it as I'm a strong type and I need someone to offset it too. So if you find someone that complements that, great. The other part is at the end of the day, we're career women, sure, they're career men. We're all just people trying to have an experience, a completely natural human experience. Mm -hmm. So if we could drop the idea of what gender norms are, of what our title is, so to speak, and we just have a conversation mm -hmm. completely open mm -hmm. on both parts, mm -hmm. it makes it so much easier to just get to be yourself, to get to relax, 
and get to know one another for who you truly are. Awesome. So what is the process? What do you take your, your clients through in, in trying to find that, that one, that special someone? Yeah. So the first step is pretty much what we've touched on so far. It's really uncovering the stories that you've built up uh, around relationship, whether it came from a familial background, if you maybe learned it through media, we, we start to identify those pieces that you really lead with. Um, and that really comes down to what are the things you really value? What are the things that you want to prioritize? So once we can really get clarity around that, we then start to say, okay, we know what you're desiring in a relationship. Now let's see what's going to complement that. Who's going to complement that? And we start to create the vision around who that person can be. Mm -hmm. From that point, we then move into phase three where we'll start to actually bring it into action. You know, whether that means getting you online because that's the modern way. But if there's some women that aren't into that, that's okay. There's still other ways to meet people. So we figure out where they're really going to feel like they're at their best and feeling, you know, sexy, confident, all of that stuff. Cause that's really what's going to get you out there mm -hmm. to want to do this and to feel good and to be your best. We get that going. Then we start to do a little bit of relationship 101 where I get to teach a little bit of, you know, how to actually conduct yourself on a date, how to learn to say no if you're not feeling it. So that way when you are on your date or when you even meet a potential prospect, you can say, hey, I'm really into this. Let's grab a drink. Or if I'm not into this, I can confidently say no, knowing that there will be other prospects. Because oftentimes, since we are so scared of, trying to find someone to like us for who we are with all of that going on, we, we tend to kind of lower our standards or give excuses maybe for why this person could be the right person, even though we know in our hearts they're not. Mm -hmm. So last piece is we really just work on the nuts and bolts of it. Okay. So it sounds like you're more like a counselor than like a dating service or what have you. It's like you help the woman get to that place in life to feel comfortable with dating again. Is that an accurate assessment? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist mm -hmm. um, and I'm not quite a consultant where I'm going to say, here's the steps you take, go do them. Mm -hmm. We work hand in hand. It's like when you go ahead and you know, you say, I want to lose 30 pounds. So I'm going to hire a personal trainer. Right. That trainer is going to give you exercises to do you know, but whether or not you're doing them each time, that sort of depicts where the outcome goes. And you work hand in hand with that trainer to get you uh, to achieve your goal. So that's what I do in this area. We really work hand in hand. I give you the tools. We work together to see if we need to reframe the tools in any shape or form. Uh, and we sort of go at the client's speed to really make it a positive and beneficial experience. Okay, but then it's still... Um, up to her to go out and to meet someone, basically. You're not matching two people together. It's just, you know, getting her or him, you know, because you just said mm -hmm. you have some male clients as well, but just getting them to the place of being ready, basically, to go out and to date. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not a matchmaker, so I don't have a roster of people. However, the beauty is I do have a lot of connections to matchmakers, to, okay. um, you know, other relationship coaches. And we have our own little network of, you know, say somebody doesn't want to do online dating, for example, they want to meet someone in person. Mm -hmm. Well, the nice thing, especially for women is in matchmaking companies, 
databases for women are completely free in most cases. So if you just want an outlet to be able to meet people, so ladies take note, you can go to a matchmaking <laughs> service and sign up completely free. And you already know, because a big concern for people in the C-suite is that I want to meet someone who also is within that that class mm -hmm. that tends to be something that is really desirable because mm -hmm. somehow they find that, you know, they can be seen more as an equal this way. And also, you know, when women kind of feel they don't want to have to take care of the other, you know, all sorts of reasons, but that is a common desire is having someone who really is financially stable and is right. you know, in the C-suite. So mm -hmm. you can certainly find men of that caliber or women by joining a matchmaking service. Um, and that is definitely, uh, a, a nice feature to have for a woman to be able to join a database for free and get to try it out for themselves. Okay. So how do your clients find you? I mean, this is really a niche. I mean, a small niche market. Um, so how do they find you? So I do have my website. You can find me at jennaponemancoaching.com. Um, so you can go there. There's lots of free resources you can take a look at. Um, some blogs and some articles that'll give you some free tips. Um, and I do have some ways that you guys can work directly with me. Um, if you want to get a little taste for how it can work for you mm -hmm. through, uh, through a fun little assessment. Okay. Um, is this a great time to talk about that now? Absolutely. Awesome. Yes, yeah, perfect. So, so I'll, I'll censor a little bit because it's, uh, a lot of my clients tend to be very, um, outspoken and so I speak to their language and it's called the adios a-holes assessment okay um, <laughs> so to put it to put it gently um, okay. the adios a-holes assessment and the reason it is called that is because a lot of us women are very frustrated and we feel like we date one schmuck after another to be frank mm -hmm. and you know it's very hard to find that person of real quality and real substance so in this assessment you're going to find out why am I attracting this kind of person, the wrong guy, one after another? Why am I getting ghosted, if that's a thing for you? Why do I feel disrespected? And, or why do I date someone who either is completely below my standards or I feel like they're so high and I have to diminish who I am and what I do in hopes that I'm going to hook them in? So you will learn all of those reasons in 45 minutes and you will get a detailed assessment of all of this in that short time. And uh, it's usually an assessment that goes for about $300. And right now it's on sale for 97. Cool. So, what is your website? JennaPonemanCoaching.com. And spell Poneman for them so that they can find you. P-O-N-A-M-A-N. Okay. Okay. So what's the flip side? What do you find that men are struggling with? Um, I mean, I can identify with everything that you said about women. I thank God. Um, I've been with my husband for, well, actually for 30 years. We were married, divorced, and remarried now for 25. So, you know, there was that, that little struggle in there as well. But um, what, what's the flip side? What do you find is the challenge with men? Mm. That's interesting. So with, with my men, the interesting dynamic is it's, it's very similar to the women where they just want a woman who really owns who they are. So they like the idea of being able to take care because that's, 
that's the gender role they've always been assigned, right? So that's, that's really ingrained in a man to be able to say, I would love to get to take care of someone and feel that I'm really providing. That's not the problem. The problem is they want a woman that doesn't feel the need to have that, that doesn't grasp onto that as their saving grace, that they are just two people walking side by side on their own journeys. They just happen to be doing it in parallel. And which is really the ultimate goal we're all looking for, right? right, right. Um, but for men especially, they say, I want a woman who can really be confident um, and not have to hide behind something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I want to take care of you, but I don't want you to be too needy. <laughs> and I, to put it bluntly, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, this is really when we get down to the core of what it is they're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times if I've got a guy that comes to me or they go to a matchmaker, you know, they say, I want a girl who's fit, that's spontaneous, that's, you know, model shaped, you know, yada, yada, yada. And obviously all of us ladies are not model shaped and, right. you know, don't, they don't fit the bill. So we, we really work hard to get underneath what all of that's going to bring them because, you know, we say we want these things, but ultimately we don't actually want these things. They're all external goals. We really want what the internal goal is, which is what the feeling generates by obtaining that. Right. So, you know, I could say, you know, again, I'm a woman, but for me, I, you know, I used to say, oh, I want the guy that's successful, that's, um, you know, fit and blonde haired, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I go, what does that have to do with anything? I just right. figure by having a big, strong guy, I'm going to feel protected, mm-hmm. secure, um, you know, physically intimate, um, et cetera. And I said, well, I could have those things with just about anyone when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So let's really get down to what those values are. What is it that I really, in my heart, desire? And that's connection. That's that's humor, that's someone who's close to family. And that's very spiritual. That's for for me. Mm -hmm. And that completely changed the colors of what I had looked for. Right, right. Oh, I totally understand. Um, I I know for myself, my husband and I, first of all, we're polar opposites, (laughs) but it works because we bring balance to each other. I'm that goer. I'm always busy. I'm always doing something. He is that laid back, retired, get me in my man cave, leave me alone, and I'm great. Okay. Um, So I, I understand. But now, for a woman that would be younger, okay, um, and possibly feeling like, okay, that biological clock is ticking, um, and I think before too late, I would like to have a family. And I, I know in corporate America now, um, families are starting much later in life than, than when they used to. But do you find when you're dealing um, with your clients that it's like, come on, I got to do this quickly because, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, I'm almost 40. I got to get this done quick. Like, you know, do you encounter that? Short answer? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, we do encounter that. um, And that's kind of a piece of the first step where we sort of slow down because the faster we try to go, the more resistant you kind of are to really putting in the work Mm. at your best. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, a lot of it is, you know, I fully understand, you know, I I was in this, in the same boat, especially for women, the biological clock is ticking. So there is a certain point and a sense of urgency of, 
you know, I do want to have a family, but specifically I want to have a family with the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Right. Right. I don't want to do that with just anyone. Mm -hmm. And while there are some that, that, that becomes lesser of a value to them after we do some work together, because we are in a modern world where some people just have children together and don't necessarily get married, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a mix of things you can do, but you know, we kind of, we'll set an intention to say, I would like to ideally be married in the next year or two years, whatever it is for someone. We go, okay, we have that in our mind. Let's put that aside for a second. Now let's focus on what's going to get you there. And we sort of work on a transitional plan to really put that in motion. Okay. And do you see them all the way through the process, like all the way to the altar, so to speak? Um, depends on the client. Um, our coaching packages work in, a, in a, about 12 sessions. So I have this journey they go on that really sets them in the foundation to get dating and to, to find a relationship that really can be um, something really strong. Once we get to that point, there are continual packages I have with clients if they want to continue. And then we work on phase two, which is really, okay, we've got a relationship. Now, how do we get that to grow to that place of being at the altar and getting to say, I do. What have you found to be your biggest challenge with your clients in, in working with them and getting them over that hump? Ooh, great question. I think the gender norm conversation is always the most difficult for some. And by that, I mean, there are certain, if we try to come up with sort of reframing the mindset, because that's really what it's all about. We work on the mindset first and foremost. And if we start to think of what are alternative things that we can do, or what are alternative reasons for why, let's say a man was not interested, um, it's very hard for them to kind of accept or take responsibility to think, oh, maybe there was something I did to create this environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we always want to sort of take the responsibility for ourselves. And that's very hard for for people to accept, men or women. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to be able to say, no, it's the man's fault. They're jerks. They they can't appreciate a good woman because it just, it feels better. Mm -hmm rather than to say, maybe I had a precondition in my head that set this up to inevitably fail. Do you find that um, a lot of difficulty in women that have been hurt in the past and um, trying to walk them through getting beyond the pain? Because I I know, um, because I'm in ministry as well, so I know a lot of times when I talk to people, um, they wind up because they're hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times it's very, very difficult in, in, in counsel or ministering to someone to get them to recognize that they're um, punishing the wrong person, that they're punishing that one that has never done anything to them. Um, because of what somebody else did to them. Do you encounter that? All the time. Uh, we, anything that we do in life, we, we make these choices in one of two categories. We're either making a conscious-based choice or we're making a fear-based choice. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to matters of the heart, it is very easy to fall into the fear-based decision-making. Mm-hmm. And that is always driven by, I've been hurt before, mm-hmm. whether it was 
from a fa failed parental relationship, whether it was from a ro failed romantic relationship, we hold on to that pain and it is buried so deep within us that it is almost impossible to see when we start forming those patterns in our lives and hurting other people. Mm -hmm. Really, I always say love starts with you. Right. And so when you feel that pain, when you've been hurt and you want to build that wall around your heart mm -hmm. so that you're not hurt again, we ultimately withhold love from ourselves because we decide to block, push men away, Absolutely. to push our parents away even. Mm -hmm. All of it's interconnected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. But prior to my husband and I getting together, um, I went through probably about three years of just ultimate bitterness, like, mm -hmm. you know, to the point of, I, I just didn't even really like the male species. And it was all because of two back-to-back -back relationships that had just left me like, oh, just stay away from me, you know? Um, and, and that feeling of, I, I used to tell people, I had a cute little story that Mr. Wright could be standing right in front of me and, you know, and I would be like, get away seriously. Um, many, many years ago, I, I'll never forget this. I was at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. I used to work at Caesars. And um, I was on the house phone. I picked up the house phone to page someone. I hung up the phone and there was a very articulate, very nicely dressed man standing next to me. And he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, were you paging me? I immediately thought it was a line <laughs> and was like, cause he was on the house phone next to me um, and snapped right back, you know, no, <laughs> you know, with, with major attitude. Right. And he's like, I'm sorry. I mean, he was really humble and very nice. Like, I'm so sorry. He said, the operator said the person that was paging me was on the phone next to me. Yeah. Okay. Right. But I'm looking at this person and I'm thinking to myself, he looks familiar, but I don't know why. So the person that I was actually paging walks up. I'm having this conversation with the, the, the person. And then I said, that man right there looks so familiar to me. Do, do you, does he look familiar to me, to you? And he looked at me, he said, you don't know who that is. And I said, no, he just looks familiar. He said, that's Marvin Gaye. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> But it's like that hard exterior, you build up a wall, you know? Thank you for um, joining me for so this edition of I Am a Kingdom Influencer. And remember, you have the ability to impact the lives of all those you come you, in you contact with. You are it's a like kingdom wrong influencer. Before they have opened their mouth. And you just find yourself jumping to conclusions um, just off the top. You know, it's got to be something wrong. It's got to be something wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, I can only imagine what you encounter and what you do. My hat, I take my hat off to you, seriously. And I, I applaud you because I can very, very definitely understand it being something necessary. Necessary. Thank you. How long have you been doing what you do? Um, I became a coach about three years ago. Um, before working with women, I actually worked with children in the parental relationship dynamic. Um, I come from a home of divorced parents. And so that's sort of where my journey into all of this started. Okay. Um, so I was very, very dedicated and still am dedicated to really 
um, when parents go through divorce, being able to sustain a healthy relationship with the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I started. And as I, I grew into that and really explored that, I did realize that I really just matters of the heart, matters of love is what inspired me most. And so that next phase in my own life of discovering love for myself and finding healthy relationships, that was so transformative for me that I just felt it was a calling to help and inspire other women to do the same. And wow. so I, I did that. And now I'm just moving up the ladder of my own life and I'm reflecting it back to the other women around me, basically. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think every counselor has to walk out whatever it is that they're trying to help um, their their clients with. I, I'm a firm believer of that because, you know, I can have sympathy for you and not touch you if I have empathy for you because I've been right there where you are and I've experienced it, then it's a whole different dynamic in our relationship and how I'm able to assist. So I definitely understand that. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And it it is just so interesting to me what you do. Um, I know that there is a huge, huge need for it. So if you would, please, before we close out the show, let our audience know one more time how they can reach you. Yes, you can find me on my website, jennaponamancoaching.com. Ponaman is P-O-N-A-M-A-N, like once upon a man. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. I have definitely enjoyed our time together. And you keep impacting people's lives and helping them find that love. That's, That's a beautiful calling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this brings us to the end of our broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part. And um, I'm sure that Jenna's can help you if you're in that place um, in your walk, in your corporate walk, where you are desiring to get over past hurts and to just, you know, get it together with somebody else. So please, please, please check her out, look her up. Um, because as you can see, she is very knowledgeable in what she does. In ending, as I always say, you can and are a kingdom influencer as well. And it starts with this, just a simple hello and a smile. Make sure that those people that are in your sphere of influence recognize and understand that you value their existence. A smile and a hello does wonders for everybody. Thank you for tuning in and have a great day. Thank you for joining me for this edition of I Am a Kingdom Influencer. And remember, you have the ability to impact the lives of all those you come in contact with. You are a Kingdom Influencer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.